Welcome to the My College Corner Podcast 2018 Highlights. We've had some awesome guests this year in My College Corner. A Navy SEAL who appeared on Shark Tank and applies those experiences to counseling students. An entrepreneur who brought technology and financial education to credit unions, helping their members make better student loan choices. A mother who started by guiding her daughter through a great college essay and ended up with a passion for helping others do the same. And several others. As you hear these holiday highlights, you will notice a common thread among our guests. It's a passion and personal motivation to help others be successful in the college process. First up, Navy SEAL and Shark Tank contestant Phil Black shared this real-life story from his Navy SEAL training to make a point about persistence to students he counsels. He knows a thing or two about performing under pressure. Listen to this. Really terrific out of it. Just on the, on the SEAL side of that, um, the preparation you did as a SEAL for going into some pretty hairy situations probably uh, put you um, in, in good light for, for the Shark Tank. But um, was there anything in the SEAL training in particular that you've always carried with you um, to, that you pass on to, to students and parents that you're working with? Yes. One incident in particular, we were... Uh, hell week is the, is the period for a week where you don't sleep, you're running around, boats on your head, wet the whole time. I'll try, to, I'll try to wrap this story up, but it's one that always sticks in my head. It's about Wednesday afternoon of hell week. We started on Sunday. So a couple days in, we have been wet with wet boots and wet uniforms the entire time. And we're really ragged. We're not looking, that, we're not looking good at all. So we have what's called a welfare check with the doctor. We start walking through them. There must be about 70 of us left by then. And the doctor makes sure that you're able to continue on because some, some people have pneumonia, shin splints, broken nose, broken ribs, flesh-eating disease. So there's, a, there's a, a point in there where you have to either yay or nay. Can, can you continue on or not? So, of course, everybody wants to continue on. So it takes a little bit of a process to get everybody through. And the sun is going down. And once you get through with the doctor, you get to put on dry clothes for the first time in many days. And they put Vaseline, they put medicated Vaseline on your feet. You're putting new shoes on and new top and new, new pants on. And everybody's gathering around and starting to get dusk out. And of course, as soon as you start feeling comfortable and everybody gets through the doctor, the instructors say, all right, guys, you know the deal. Get down to the water's edge. And there's just a big sigh, like, oh, man, we're, right, we're going right back into it. So we all gather around, arm in arm, facing the Pacific Ocean. 10 feet back from the water and we're staring at the ocean and all of a sudden this guy breaks free from the chain and he starts running over to the ambulance to quit because you can you can quit at any time mm. and I look over and it happens to be somebody in my boat crew and I want to stop him so I try to run over there I get in trouble because you're not allowed to stop somebody from quitting so I'm doing push-ups and this guy quits and this guy was a stud I mean this guy was 6'4 Navy guy, and there was no way this guy was ever going to quit, and he rings the bell. So the instructors say, anybody else want to join such and such for some hot coffee and donuts? And all of a sudden, 12 guys quit. Boom, 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 wow. boom, 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 in a row. Wow. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow. And the point of the story was, uh, one of the points of the story was, when somebody really strong and a big role leader quits, they, they drag along a lot of people who are thinking to themselves, wow. If that guy can't make it, I don't have a shot. Wow. Yeah. They drag, he, he dragged a bunch of people with him. So P.S., we continue to stand there arm in arm. And the instructor then says, all right, everybody, right face. 
So right face is a command where you're, you're making a, a movement and you're facing north. So instead of going in the water, we start running down the beach. So the guy who quit thinking that we were going to go in the water and he couldn't imagine going in the water as the sun went down again, he all of a sudden breaks free and wants to get back in. He's like, no, I want back in. I thought we were going to get wet. And what do you think the instructor said to him? Thanks anyway. Thanks, but no thanks. Yep. So I tell my, my sons and my friends, like, don't be that guy. Wait the extra five minutes. Wait the extra five seconds. Maybe things will get better. Don't have that regret that had, if, had I only waited that extra month, the business would have, would have done well. Had I only waited and, you know, filled out that extra application to go to school XYZ, make the, F, make the extra effort. Don't pull up short. One of the most insightful discussions we had in My College Corner was with Kathleen Carey. Listen to this strategy designed to help average kids write an extraordinary college essay that tells their story while providing an admissions advantage. Um, oh, it was remarkable, a profound moment in your life, and what did you learn? And she just, you know, stormed out of the room. She's like, profound, nothing profound has happened to me. That's why I'm going to college. And so she wrote the essay that, you know, says, hey, you know, I... I'm, I'm just a normal 17-year-old kid. Nothing much has happened. I've done this. I've hammered nails for Habitat. But that's, to me, none of those, these things I'm listing for you in my essay are extraordinary. None of it is profound. That's what I'm looking for. And she kind of turned it around and said, you know, I'm looking for those profound opportunities. And, you know, if I, you know, when I look at myself every day in the mirror, nothing much has changed. But now I know because I know what I want. I'm searching for those. Can you offer me those profound opportunities? Um, and so, but that's what she wanted to write. And the essay came out very, very quickly because it was something that she was very passionate about and you could tell and you could see it in her writing. Um, so really allowing the student to write about something they really wanna write about is, is, is very important. Yeah, it's all about passion. You know, we, we've talked about this. You, you, you talked about it so beautifully in the beginning about trying to help your daughter, having a passion to help her now has morphed into a passion to help students more generally. And I started at the beginning and, um, you know, you talked about time passing quickly. Um, our time here has passed really quickly. We probably could talk for another two hours about this. But I, I did want to circle back on, on this notion that uh, an essay helps a student with the um, application, obviously, because it's, you know, want to get accepted, but how can it, how can parents think about having students understand that taking time to write a great essay could actually help the college become more affordable for them, help them pay for school a little bit better? Sure. Um, well, you know, writing, writing a powerful essay that really grabs the attention of the reader, which is your goal, um, and to leave the reader changed in some way. I wanted to get that in there because I think if you read an essay and you walk away from it thinking about that subject differently, like I'll never look at books the same way again after right. reading the book essay. Um, if, if it changes the way you think about something, then you've, you've done your job as a writer. Um, you've impacted that reader that way. Um, you're obviously going to, it's going to impact the number of schools that you're applied to. Um, and also it, it can, it can affect, you know, merit scholarships because they look at this person as, as having this quality skill. Um, and therefore there'll be much greater opportunity to be getting some of those merit scholarships. I know some of the, the, um, the more prestigious schools, um, that my students have been admitted to um, have offered less 
merit money than some of the other still very um, competitive and excellent schools will tend to offer more. Um, that's just been my experience. I don't know how cut and dry that is. But, but yes, writing, writing an essay that really does go from a, a storytelling standpoint that really allows the student to um, really show the admissions counselor who they are. They know who they're admitting. You want them to know who they're admitting when they read your essay. Um, could definitely have an impact on affordability. Academic strategist Jeannie Berlowski shares knowledge to ponder over the holidays and beyond. Jeannie talks brilliantly about realistic progress towards college goals, especially when feeling bad about not starting earlier. Listen to her wonderful advice about starting right where you are today. But um, is there anything else uh, in our short time today uh, that you'd like to leave with, with parents? Uh, any, anything I didn't ask you, any softball that I missed that you threw me uh, that would help <laughs> parents uh, get a better understanding of your work and what you're doing? Yeah, the, just to wrap up, the main thing I would tell parents is please don't feel guilty or sad or bad or stressed that you didn't think about this earlier. Sometimes parents get kind of wrapped up thinking, oh no, I should have started saving earlier and I didn't. And so they just sort of shut down even thinking about it. What I like to say is, oh, don't worry. Nobody does every single debt-free college strategy. Nobody does everything. Just start where you are right now and jump in and see what you can do. So John, I know you know this, my book, Launch How to Get Your Kids Through College Debt-Free and Into Jobs They Love Afterward, it's set up so you read a chapter like every three months as your kids are growing up and it's got chapter titles like what to do in May of eighth grade, what to do in September of ninth grade. But parents who have jumped in and their kids already in 12th grade, what I tell them to do is take seven hours to read my book cover to cover. Just simply go through and just let go of all the things that are, it's too late to do. Don't even worry about them. Hmm. Try to capture what are some cool, awesome things that you could do. Because there are many, many things that you can do in eighth grade that you can also do in 12th grade. You can also do when you're a freshman in college or a sophomore or even a senior in college. There are lots of things that can still be done. Vince Passione, the entrepreneur and founder of LendKey, spoke eloquently about the unique relationship that credit unions have with their members and how technology has played a very important role in student lending. We really stress this idea of financial literacy and, and educating borrowers as to what's right. Can you talk a little bit about how that plays into this whole equation? Yeah, once again, look, I think the best way for us to learn is to learn from our clients and credit unions, you know, they've been around for over 100 years. Mm -hmm. And they were based on this whole concept of, right, people helping people. The, 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 it is the ultimate social finance model, right, when you think about the way credit unions were formed, which means that education has always been a major foundation piece to the credit union movement in this country. Um, so, Credit unions in the very beginning started to talk to us about everything from hosting college nights to, you know, we would attend some of their meetings and see what they did for the members. Everything from running seminars on debt management to money management to now you know, how to plan and how to fund your child's college education. So, you know, we certainly followed their lead. And what we did was we tried to help them digitize that, right? Mm -hmm. So for every single one of our clients, we create an electronic storefront. You know, it's overused term, but right, it's the Amazon way, right, of bringing them into the market is to allow them to build a, di a digital presence. And that storefront is what we call a lender landing page. It's the first page that a borrower will see when they go to any of our clients and apply for a loan. And that page 
does it serves a couple of purposes. The first is it, 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 it educates the consumer about the types of loans that are available from that particular financial institution that LendKey is hosting. The other, though, is that this is the place where many of our lenders are starting to customize and putting everything from tools so people can figure out you know, what the payment is going to look like to information about you know, what should you be thinking about when you're looking for this loan, right, to applying and potentially attending seminars that they run on everything from planning for college education to how to manage your, your, your student loan debt upon graduation. So that whole piece of education, you know, we really listen to our clients. We, we listened to their heritage and what the way they saw this experience moving forward. And it was more than just, a, you know, a, a providing the providing loans. It was also about making sure that educating these consumers so that they understood this whole trade off of how much is too much to borrow based on what I'm trying to accomplish in my education needs. Ethan Binder started a very cool company called GoPeer. After his brother needed some tutoring, Ethan dove in to help and in doing so, found a smart way to connect students with other great tutors. He knew how important peer mentoring can be, but what he didn't plan on is how personally fulfilling it can be. Um, what, what is it about that peer-to-peer -peer relationship that, that sparks that interest in, in, for your brother, um, Andrew, and the other students who are currently using the, the program that you put together? Well, John, so with that near-peer learning model, students often form a mentorship connection and the college students often become role models to the K through 12 student. So when you take someone who is close in age to the K through 12 student and who has also been in their shoes and who has just successfully taken their classes and navigated the same challenges, they're able to connect on a level that's not really uh, replicable when you're learning from someone who has been out of school for 30, 40, 50 years. So that's one incredibly special part about this. And just, just this past uh, spring, when students were graduating from high school and graduating from middle school, we were having our college students get invited to the, the K-12 students' graduations. And they would go and sit there with their families because they built a relationship that was not just centered around academics, but it was it was more than that. Yeah, and also so so far from what we've been learning, we've we now have about fifteen hundred college students on our educational team, and as students learn from those successful peers, we've seen them develop confidence as well as time management and critical thinking skills as well. Professor Carrie Green visited My College Corner to share his years of experience and offer strategies to help college students step up to the challenges they face. I love his philosophy that teachers and professors should engage students to encourage them to be successful. Uh, there's a balance in there between, as I mentioned earlier, between being overconfident. You need confidence, of course, to be able to step up to challenges and handle the setbacks, but you need the humility to be able to ask for help. And, and one of the things, and, and I, you know, I really loved working with students, but one of my greatest frustrations was the inability of, or the lack of, of time that students spend in, in office hours or tutoring. For example, you know, I may have 60 kids in the class, 60 students in the class, but maybe 10% of them would come for, for help. And I think part of it is, some of it may be indifferent, but I think it's more than that. I think a little bit of it 
has to do with some timidity and, and being concerned. Um, you know, if I go talk to the teacher, they'll figure out what I don't know. But I always told them, hey, I grade your test. I already know what you don't know. And <laughs> it, it's my job. It's my job to help you. And I think it's so important for for us as, as leaders, teachers, mentors to to be respectful and show these young people that we really care. And again, those are a few short clips of some wonderful discussions we've had in my college corner. Catch the full episodes on this channel for more insight. Thank you for being part of the My College Corner community. One last thought as you consider a New Year's resolution. Saving a dollar today is better than borrowing one tomorrow. <laughs>